Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? You're listening to the only podcast you know when you want to listen to winners. That's what we do. That's what this podcast is. You're saying, Zach, what are you saying last week? You talked about being losers. I don't even know what you're talking about, okay? We, we live in the present on this podcast, and presently, we're 2-0 this week, okay? So get you some, because it doesn't happen a lot for us. Justin, are you ready? More than ever, Zach. More than ever. Bert, let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the How About That podcast presented by Face Value Clothing. You can check them out at facevalueclothing.com. I said to myself right before this podcast, I was like, I need more sweatshirts that are not like Rutgers, Giants, and Yankees based. Don't have a lot. And went online, I think I'm going to buy one. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say which one because, you know, they, they actually do have limited stock and I don't yeah. want it to get sold out and then <laughs> me not have a sweatshirt that I want to buy. So check them out. Basevalueclothing.com. Get yourself up for the fall season. Best, yeah. best outfit season for guys. I, I don't, anybody who speaks it, I mean, I'm not a fashion guy, really don't have a lot in the, you know, their closet that is no. unique, but face value. We don't, have, we don't have that. Yeah. We don't yeah. have that uh, deep of a bag when it comes to no style. Face value in a in a flannel. If face value starts making flannels, I mean, I'm buying all of them. So yeah. just talking shop here. Maybe the owners will will hear our ideas. Uh, but anyways, check them out at facevalueclothing.com. And as Zach said, this is a winner's podcast. Uh, check the receipts. No, never any you know bad negative vibes on this podcast. Only positive ones because no. we're winners. Yeah. Two and zero this week. Two and zero this week, and you and I personally both did it on the road. Um, mm-hmm. When doing girlfriend, fiance's events, there's probably two of them that are in the all time, not awkward or different, but because you and I can talk to anybody, we enjoy it, we don't mind it. But when you talk about these things, you talk about a second cousin's wedding. Yep. And you talk about a one year old's birthday party. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what we both experienced this weekend. Yeah. So, how was it on yours, Zach? You know, it was good. It was quick. A lot of, a lot of driving. Okay. So I, okay. I was, I got, we pulled into the apartment parking lot when the game winning field goal was getting kicked oh for the God. Giants. Yeah. You, didn't even, you weren't even home. Okay. Yeah. So it was a long, long weekend on the road, quick weekend, but it was good. You know, did, did never... you drive there to ensure that you could watch the game on the way home? Yeah, I did all nine hours there. And then I did the first two, three hours on Sunday. So yeah. I, yeah, because then and then yeah. I I was nice. I'll get into it probably later. I was nice enough to not turn the volume up for the Giants game, and I'm glad I did until the second half. I I had it muted because Mark Schlereth is on the call, and if anybody knows you my opinions like on Mark Schlereth, I don't like listening to Mark Schlereth talk about the New York Giants. So honestly, yeah. it was as for the situation, it went as good as it could have. How about you? Yeah. Did you get home in time for football? I did not. I had a good weekend. Great weekend. Uh, but I, I did not. We. 
we understood the deal. It got to, um, I will say this, um, she'll probably listen to it. Got to about, she knew I wanted to leave around 12, right? Yep. Wanted to leave around 12, wanted to be able to watch the game. Her sister-in-law, who we were there for, for the birthday party, they're huge Packers fans. So they were going to be watching football anyways at 12. I'm like, perfect. Gets to about 11.45. We go to their house to say bye. Nina wants a snack. Mm. And at that point, I am, I am, I am anxious. And it's in that, it's in that total loser. And I'm sure you're the same way. It's like, Zach, do not let this affect how you're about to act for the next 15 minutes. Like if you miss the start, it is okay. And I kept trying to tell myself that no, I'm just so immature when it comes to these things. Um, We left at 1159. I missed like the first three plays. It was all good. It was all good. Um, And then, yeah, she drove, she, I, I watched in silence. So it was all good. It was only a three hour drive, but I watched the whole game in the car as well. Yeah. We had one of those we things too. To. Cause I, we had what, I think it was an eight and a half, nine hour drive back. And uh, I was like, you know, thinking we were going to leave at 8am get back mm-hmm. from kickoff of the giants game. Uh, did not happen that way, but I let made sure that Abby knew beforehand. Hey, if we leave later, that means more driving for you. So the mm. ball is kind of in your court. She it understood is. that. And I was very gracious that she drove. Uh, it was yep. a little, got a little rainy. You're going 7% grade downhill in a pouring down rain uh, in the mountains of West Virginia uh, while the Giants are losing 20 to nothing. And this <laughs> was, uh, but nonetheless, we got home safely for a Giants win. So I can't complain. It's awesome. Let's get into it. Um, Thursday night, we can go back to that real quickly. Um, Owen, but, so graciously. Oh, yeah. I just, I just want to say, just so everyone knows, we're recording monday at six after work so anything maybe we'll catch the beginning of new orleans yeah. but we're not going to be able to talk about it monday games and if anything happens crazy we'll talk about it on the preview pod correct Continue. Um, owen graciously like you said owen graciously hey well you know i'm gonna ask this because i was just thinking about it uh we usually record on wednesdays i'm almost thinking about recording thursday before the game and then just getting your live reaction of the thursday night right after it instead of waiting till monday thoughts yeah i was wondering what to do about that i'm good with that i think yeah um yeah because i think there's no reason to wait three days people are going to hear your reaction as part of the preview pod yeah i think that's fair especially since it's coming out friday morning i'm i'm 100 down for that easy to do now with with these uh zoom recordings very nice a lot easier to do the editing than it was when i was plugging everything in the the computer because yeah i was wondering about that too what to do Mm -hmm. um yeah, a little pre in the people who listen on Friday morning are going to think about what I'm legitimately thinking going into the game and then the Correct. immediate reaction. So I'm yes, with that. it's going to be great. Awesome. Um, yeah, last Thursday night, Owen graciously texted us saying, wow, you guys called it. As most of you know, Justin, I don't really listen to the pod. I listen just to make sure it sounds good in certain moments. And then after about 10 minutes, I'm like, this is weird. I cut out of it. Uh, but apparently we nailed it. So good, yeah. good job by us there. I, um, I, I thought the same thing when you texted us. I was like, uh, <laughs> good to hear that we went 1-0 there. Easy 1-0. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fun game for Thursday night. High scoring, good plays on both sides. Philly's still figuring it out offensively. But, I, I mean, the running display they put on, they showed you. If they want to beat you down, they can still. Like, they have the offensive line. Um, and then on the Minnesota side, I mean, Kirk's just the weirdest thing because their offense is good. He was good, and like they're—it's just like the epitome of like just above average, but not good enough. And it's just so consistent. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what you do with Minnesota. They're they're kind of like the Chargers of the NFC. I, it's there. They're less talented than Chargers, and ironically, they play this week. But I don't know. I don't know what to do with Minnesota. I think this is the regression we expected. Yeah. It 
it went exactly how we thought it was because um, it was just uh, we can't see them stopping Philadelphia and they weren't able to. The for so long of our lives, it was the Zimmer defense, and they it was one of those things where they're going to hold you to 20 points, but they're only going to be able to score 21 so often. Yeah, and they, they bring in O'Connell, and now it's kind of the opposite, where it's like they're gonna they're gonna put up points, but the question is if their defense can make enough stops, and we haven't. You know, the week one was a little weird. I think Tampa defensively is a lot better than we expected. We knew we had they had guys, but it was one of those things where when they're when you view them as an average team, you kind of expect the defense to, you know, not do as good as talent or yep. shows. Um, but so they were stopped by Tampa, but their offense couldn't stop Baker Mayfield. And then it got even worse against a couple of days later against Jalen Hurts, which was expected. So yeah. it I I think that the NFC North is worse than we thought which is good for minnesota they're only two but they're still so clearly a playoff like in the race to be a playoff team yeah it's just they have to figure out defensively what what they're going to do because this can't you can't continue letting up 34 to you know teams like the eagles that are just going to run the ball down your throat it's not like they were thrown over the top of them all game long it was i mean deandre swift had 175 yards on the ground that is crazy crazy for uh running back to do in the nfl so yeah we'll see we'll see and then daris tried to play couldn't then their next left tackle gets carted off the field it looks like they actually just signed dalton risner i don't know why he didn't sign for so long but i guess it worked for him um but yeah we'll see because like you said the nfc north as we'll talk about today is not good no. so they're definitely still alive um did they go Sunday? Oh, it was an 0 and 4 weekend for the NFC. It was North. an 0 and 4 weekend for the NFC North. Yeah. On the other side, the, the NFC beast is 7 and 1, and our one loss is the Giants to the Cowboys, which it was going to be, even if the Giants won 40, it was going to be 7 and 1. So it is, it is the NFC beast right now. Yeah. Uh, just for the update on our record before we get into it, I'm a, it looks like I'm a game ahead of you in the standings with two to play here, but I, I didn't think, realize what's that. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, you kind of got yes. screwed, but I, I think we're I, tied games wise because of the, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a game ahead of you in the record. Um, but then you get a point back because you had the up, uh, the blowout, blowout, right? We'll get that with the bucks. And then we will talk about why I didn't get the blowout later. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even realize it until I opened the book and I am now I'm pissed. Cause at first I thought it was kind of funny. All and right, so this, the way that this goes tonight is though, either, I end up one game up on you if Cleveland wins, or you end up two games up on me if Pittsburgh wins because you have them. It's as two point swing. It's yeah. two point swing. Yeah. Three point swing. Pretend. Three, Three point, point swing. swing. Yeah. Well, could it's be a big, big night. It's a big night. It's a big night. I don't feel good about Pittsburgh, but it's a good night. All right, let's get into Sunday. Uh, start in Buffalo, Vegas at Buffalo. Kind of what we thought here. Um, Josh Allen played really well. They threw it all over the place. Um, he's still diving, trying to jump over people. He doesn't get hurt though. I don't like you talk about guys that will talk That's about the right, most like, playing reckless. Yeah. He's the most reckless player possibly ever, and he's pretty healthy. Like it's unbelievable. Um, but this was just a terrible spot for the Raiders. I know Mitch is really down because of so many things that are just the, have been the Raiders, and it sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 if you're a Raiders fan, I, I wouldn't way too much into this even if you think you already kind of know how this plays out you don't yet technically so i would give it a week because this was just playing a team at the wrong time that's better than you anyways 
Buffalo home opener. Uh, you know, last week was an impressive win. Division went on the road. You'd rather have that one than this one. Yep. And also, I you know, not trying to take away from the Raiders to make this sound bad, but Denver clearly is not what we expected Denver to be necessarily under yeah. Sean Payton. Uh, so in Buffalo, I I think that it was like you said, coming off a Monday night primetime loss where you got embarrassed on national television, they're gonna come out and try to put up fireworks. Mm-hmm. You kind of got off on them early and then they immediately responded and just went from there. But it just sucks to be a Raiders fan. I feel bad for Mitch. And when you, when you text him today about the Chandler Jones situation, which if anybody isn't following, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it to you. Basically. He's just, it's kind of off the deep end a little bit. He was, he, you just said, I'm sorry, man. He's like, it's all right. It's we're cursed. It's just like this all the time. And it, it is, it's amazing how consistent, mm-hmm. no matter who's in charge, no matter who's in the building for no matter what city they're in los angeles las vegas or oakland they just find ways to kind of trip over themselves cause distractions you hope that they can respond because uh obviously the chiefs are kind of the ones to beat in the division but with the chargers stumbling over themselves the broncos stumbling over themselves you can easily finish second in this division right now even with the blowout in buffalo and have an opportunity to get the seventh seed in the afc so it's kind of move forward put this one behind you but it is frustrating to be a raiders fan and if you're a bills fan it's kind of like thank you but the Josh Allen, like you said, just whatever he does, uh, sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. So when it works, it's they put up a lot of points. Yeah, and this is why you can't overreact from the Bills game, as we've talked about. Like this doesn't mean the Bills are back in Super Bowl contention, but with Josh and with this team, they're going to win ten games and they're going to be in the playoffs still. Like so, the overreaction was never like the Bills are done because they are too talented for that. Matt Milano just took the ball from Jacobs on that one throw. Like they got dudes everywhere. Yeah. So. But the question is, is of, can they do it in the big games, right? They always right. do it at the one o'clock. They always yeah. do it at one o'clock. They always do it at home, but we have not seen them do it when it necessarily matters or when it's the prime time big game. So we'll see moving yep. forward. I don't know what their schedule looks like in terms of stuff that they have coming up. If there's any really big tests, Dolphins at home, one o'clock. And then they have Giants on Sunday night are kind of the two big games. That's at home though, too, isn't it? Uh, Giants might be on the road. No, Giants is at home. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, there was almost a, I listened to a theory uh, a week ago that kind of makes sense. His best year was during COVID, the COVID year when he just lit it up and went nuts. Yeah. He, and the theory was basically these primetime games and especially road games, he gets so amped up. He just, he cannot bring himself down. Yep. And that the home run plays, whereas the one o'clock, sure, every game matters, but like one o'clock, whatever, we're at home, we're still fired up. But I think in these moments, he just gets so, jacked up he cannot come down so it's interesting it was an interesting theory i kind of agreed with it yeah i it kind of brings me back to just in terms of the mental side that every athlete has uh mm-hmm. zionsville my senior year we had never beaten them and they were coming to uh um fishers and their bus got stuck or something and i'll never forget like we just had to sit in the locker room and think about it and like the <laughs> entire it was like two hours of just straight more build up build up build up build up and there was kind of like a scuffle in warmups. And for us, you know, Designsville is kind of distracted. You're thinking about getting on the bus, blah, blah, blah. But we were just sitting in the locker room. And there's something about one o'clock, you kind of wake up. You have to be in your routine. You have to get to the stadium. You have to get ready to play. Eight o'clock, you wake up. You have your entire day. 
You yep. don't have to worry about preparation a while. It's always on top of your mind. You kind of get your, your adrenaline goes and it builds and it builds. And once eight o'clock hits, it's a completely different feeling than one o'clock. And anybody yep. who says it, that's what separates, you know, these guys, there's the guys who are really good on prime time and the guys who are really bad on prime time. And there's a clear distinction as to why. Definitely. Yeah. So interesting to keep watching. Um, so we didn't overreact on the bills. We kind of knew what they were. And now here we are again to have this conversation about the Bengals. The Bengals yeah. drop uh, 27 to 24 to the Ravens. Really good game. Really impressive by the Ravens. We can get to that. Uh, but Justin, we sat here before the season started and said, this team may start off bad. We, uh, it, You didn't pick Cleveland week one, but you definitely were like, it, it could easily happen. Um, this game, we both kind of leaned Cincy, but didn't love it. And here they are again at 0-2. Like we said, we've seen this before. Um, are you overreacting this time? Do you think this time's any different? Uh, real quick, I think I forgot to add, we got ran out of the gym by Zions for that game. <laughs> Way too amped up. We got ran out of the gym. It was bad. Okay. It, was a, yeah. it was a really bad loss. And it rained. It was it was awful. I needed to add that context as to why yeah, I was going do. through there. Yeah. Uh, do I overreact to this? No, I don't. I, okay. It's just what Cincinnati is. And maybe yeah. I'm doing the Austin Eckler thing that I did last week where it's just like, no, Justin, your your brain just – isn't a lot of, a lot of right, text about that. Yeah. Isn't picking up the right signs, brother. You know, you got to look into these numbers more, but it, it does stink to be Owen two in the division, right? Now you're kind of talking about is the division out of hand, but I don't think either of us had them winning the division. So no, no. And there's the AFC, they, they should still make it in terms of the wild card. I think for what their division is and how much talent there is in their division, just making the playoffs is a better thing. I obviously want the whole home field, but uh, both of us had the Ravens getting it. Yep. And the bigger concern is if is Joe Burrow just clearly not healthy yet. That is the more concern. But overarching for the Bengals, if Joe Burrow kind of gets back to 100%, this isn't something that I'm worried about. It's just how they start every year. Yeah. I, I'm not overreacting, but I, I'm definitely more worried than I have been in the past. And it's just because of Burrow's health. That's um, that's the only concern. That last touchdown he threw, he clearly walked off the field. He could barely get off the field. And then at the end of the game when they're going to shake hands, he's really struggling to walk. Now there's a report that he may not play Monday night at home against the Rams, which, look, it, I'll, I'll say it. Now, you th- if you think you can throw Jake Browning out there and beat this Rams team, it's not going to happen. No. Like, these guys are so much better than I thought. Um, of course, because I picked him to finish dead last. So – I mean, if you don't play Joe in that game and you're looking at 0-3 and, and you still got a lot of division games left uh, in which every game would be tough, it is going to be a little harder. On on the bright side, if he's even 80%, they're fine. They'll make the playoffs because I think at the start of the year, in the preview, we had, what, 11 teams trying to fit in to make this seven? And now you mm-hmm. look at the AFC and you're like, seven spots open. Six yeah. spot might be open. So it's opened up a lot from what we – I think everyone kind of thought the AFC would be. And that's because of Rogers and some other stuff. Um, so yeah, not overreacting, but definitely more cautious than than we have been in the past. And I just looked at, at it to confirm they started 0-2 last year. They were four mm-hmm. and four at one point, and then they rattled off eight wins. And the year before that, they were five and four, and then they yeah. finished with uh like 10 and seven. So this is a team that consistently kind of does this slow start. Uh and I, I'm pretty sure I said on the week one preview to rest burrow to avoid a situation like this now you're kind of seeing it where is this an opportunity where you kind of rest him against the Bengals and potentially the titans and the cardinals i i 
those are three games where I think you could go two and one with a different guy at quarterback. I remember now you're in the group chat with a fantasy football league of like half BG guys, half guys, mm-hmm. none of us know. And they were talking about like the Bengals backup quarterback situation for a, a while. Yep. Um, and now it's kind of a situation where this is, this is a three game stretch. If you go two and one there, you know, home against the Rams and at the Cardinals are kind of the two you, you think you could potentially win. Do you just do that and just say, Hey, if we start the year two and three, we start the year two and three, but at least Joe Burrow should be healthy with the next three weeks. And is there, if there's potentially a buy somewhere in there too, I don't know, but I, if Joe Burrow can't walk at the end of every football game, that's the bigger concern than the overarching Bengals. Yep. Yeah. And I, the and two used to be like the death sentence that was like, what less than 10% of teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Now with 17 games, that's probably going to be adjusted a little bit because you, you do have like one more week of life. Um, but on the Ravens side, very impressive road win. I thought they didn't look great week one against Houston. Uh, Lamar was really good in this game. Z- Zay Flowers continues to be a real problem. Yeah, Zay um, Flowers is a wide receiver one. He's awesome. And then with with Andrews back, uh, and then their defense, Geno Stone comes up with a huge interception after Marcus Williams was out last week. And that's just what the Ravens do, right? They just It's like next man up there, and it's a system and a culture that just wins. So – Really impressed by Baltimore uh, in that win because that's it's still not easy whether Burrow's 100% or not. Uh, and the score is 27-24, and the Bengals got a late touchdown, but the Ravens really controlled this game uh, from start to finish. So impressive. Yeah, there was never a time where, it, specifically in the second half, where you kind of thought that Cincinnati could come back and win. No. But I, I agree, and this wasn't even – this wasn't even like Lamar's best kind of game. It was just him making plays when he, how he needed to make them and when he needed to make them. And I think that speaks a lot to the development as of Lamar Jackson, because he kind of used to be one of those guys where when he could use his feet, he was going to use his feet. Now he's, you know, when I need to pick up a first down, I'm going to pick it up, but I'm not necessarily going to take the hit. Just going to get the, you know, get the first, keep the chains moving. Mm -hmm. And his deep ball, I think the Zay flowers was looking a lot better. So it did. Yeah. I, that's a good way to put a problem. it. And Mark Andrews in the red zone. I felt like every time it was popping up on like the, sh- the channel red zone, when right. the Ravens were in the red zone, Mark Andrews was the target. I think that's a safety blanket for him, which every quarterback wants specifically in the red zone. So, yeah, like you said, he played a really smart game and that's, yeah. that's something that we haven't seen from him a lot. Like, mm-hmm. especially in these divisional games, he can get really erratic and start throwing the ball around. So yeah. And you impressive. can argue I, this is clearly a better offensively talent roster mm-hmm. than last year. And defensively, you know, it's still the Ravens defense. I, I you know, there was some overhaul in, in the secondary, but I think o- overall it's pretty much the same defense. And they were, they were competing with a backup quarterback who for some reason is considered a pro bowl quarterback. Okay. Um, but they're now they have Lamar Jackson, who's a former MVP. This should be a team that wins a lot of football games this year. And although they started off slow, they want their two and up. That, that says something about a team where even if, if they don't play perfect football, they can still find a win games, find yep. a way to win games. So. Mike McDaniel said it last night. He's like the good teams in the first month, just you find the way to win the game. And that's all yeah. that matters. So that's what they're doing. Uh, next one, uh, Justin, 12, uh, 13 games going into Sunday night, 12 and one on the overs yesterday. Big over day yesterday in football. Really? Um, Owen texted that morning saying he loved loved the unders, and then that tweet came out that night. So just kind of the the aura yeah. around, unfortunately, that guy in that city right now. Yeah. Um, it's tough. The one game, it's tough. It's tough. The one game that didn't go over was the one featuring the two best quarterbacks. And the one that most people thought was the over. 
of the that's weekend. Just, that's just yeah. betting and football. Um, Chiefs win 17 to nine. I think the biggest thing for me from this is is two things. One, you and I talked last week about the Chiefs' performance against the Lions. Kind of discredited Ben Johnson a little bit. Thought he was a little off. And I still think that. And I'm sure you do too. And I don't love Press Taylor. I said it last week on the Jags. That was one of the points when the Jags are playing the Colts. I'm like, Doug needs to take the chain, the reins back here because Press Taylor is not the guy for this offense. Yeah. And we saw it again. Their offense did not look good. He's trying to run the ball so much. But two weeks in a row of the Chiefs defense looking pretty damn good, especially with Chris Jones back. And I don't know necessarily why, because they didn't change that much. Karloftis, I guess, in year two. But, I mean, their defense looks like a top 10 defense right now, which I did not see coming. Uh, it's a good start. They usually start really slow. Yeah, and that's that's kind of one of the differences between uh, the past Chiefs team start and the Chiefs team start this year. Is their offense got off this this same slow start, but defensively. And last year they were starting. Were they like us starting two rookie corners last year? Mm-hmm. So it's one of the, if the difference between a rookie corner and a year two it's like corner a seventh round is, corner. Yeah, yeah, is so drastic that that helps out so much. Chris Jones coming back. This defense is a legitimate problem right now. And I agree the play calling may not necessarily be there, but to let up, what is that? Nine and 20, you know, 30 points in two weeks against two offenses that. And the Lions was a pick six. And yeah. yeah. And let's not forget that the Jaguars put up uh, 31 points the week before and the Lions put up 31 points this week. So these are two offenses that, or scored 30 plus points in games, not against the chiefs. So yep. I, I think that speaks a lot to, and it's something where with how bad my takeaway for the chiefs, the other one is how bad the receivers are still. It's, yep. it is disgusting. That's it's holding this offense back, but they, they can still win football games because they're relying on their defense right now. And that's a scary sight for Kansas city. Cause what, yep. if they somehow figure out how to catch a football there and how to hold on and not have turnovers and fumbles and everything, uh, Patrick Mahomes and a great defense is, or a top 10 defense is not something the rest of the NFL wants. Yeah. Yeah. You see Sky Moore's stats and you're like, okay, they figured it out. But really that 40 yard gain he had to end the game was just wide open. So it was Mahomes lobbed it to him. They're trying so hard to get Tony involved. And I mean, you see it when the dude catches the ball, like he's a freak. He's hard to bring down, but you just can't trust him. There's just no, no. way. And yeah. I'm just, I'm interested to see if they make a move because I just, it's going to work right now and because their bar is so high i'm talking about like the afc championship is it going to yeah. work there i don't know and another i mean richie james had the buff punt yeah it's just yes. it's it's new york giants right that's what i have last year to deal with and now kansas yeah. city gets them on the national stage so yep and then for the jags um encouraging for the defense two weeks in a row flying around and making plays um but yeah offensively i i just I've never been a Press Taylor fan. I think you've got to let Trevor loose. And they had opportunities in the red zone that they didn't capitalize on, clearly, too. Uh, a couple balls caught, but they were out of bounds. And I don't know. I think that's kind of a disappointing effort because you expected the Jags to go toe-to-toe offensively with them, and they just kind of laid an egg. So a little disappointed. I will say they kind of have a lot of get-right opportunities, home against the Texans. Then they go two yeah. weeks in international series, but one being against the Falcons, which, you know, we'll talk about them. Uh, Bills, which could – We'll see what that is. But then you have Colts, Saints, Steelers, um, and 49. So basically through October, there's a, really when you look at the schedule, there's one playoff team. Yeah. Potentially I mean, that's... two with the Saints and the Steelers. One, one of them maybe sneaks in. Uh, but there's a lot of get right. And 
this is just a bad schedule when I when you really break it down at the beginning of the season. So right, that's this why is we a have Jaguars that team that could be six and two. Yeah, by the end of October. Yeah, that's I mean that's why everyone has them in the division and possibly having home field because even if you like them a lot, it didn't really matter. Their schedule is so easy. Yeah. So uh, good win for the Chiefs. Next one, I, dude. Why didn't we pick the Titans? We knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's some things on the Chargers for you. This isn't gonna Just, be pretty. Justin Herbert threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. The defense sacked Ryan Tannehill five times. Derrick Henry did not get 100 yards. They lost the game. The Chargers are the 33rd team in the Super Bowl era since 1966 with 50 plus points, zero turnovers, and two games. They're the only team to start 0 2 doing that. Uh, like you talk about being cursed. I just don't get it. No. Um, you know, I, I watched back the highlights and it mm -hmm. was just, if, if you're not paying attention to those highlights, which I kind of wasn't at the time, I was like getting a snack. And then I was like, looking. I had like a different podcast playing and I looked down at it and like looked at Justin Herbert, first of all, was phenomenal. And I hate so that good. he's 0-2 because I'm going to have to hear this Tua stuff. Justin Herbert was insane. And second of yep. all, their defense was just getting after Tannehill. And I have something to say about Tannehill when we get to the other side. Yeah. And they just continue to lose football games. And Staley, I don't know if you saw the press conference after the game. Oh, yeah. it's It was one of those things where, like, how else is he going to respond to the question? And for those who didn't see it, he was asked, uh, do you think that the the – playoff loss last year where you guys kind of choked away is still like haunting this team and he basically freaked out and he's like no yeah. you know this is a new team what we just lost a football game that's why we're down on ourselves we're not down about that last year and it's you ask yourself like well how else is going to respond but then the other part of you is like it was such a immediate snap of emotion that you're like it clearly is still haunting them and yeah. it, it's just kind of one of those things where if you're we've all done it before I know I there's times as fans in a football game, you're like, I've seen this picture. It's not pretty. It, this is not going to go my way. I even had one myself on a third down. I was like third and 14. I was like, this is a, this is a easiest to see. I said it to Abby. I was like, they're going to get a first down here. <laughs> and it's the worst feeling in the world. And Chargers fans must feel it every single Sunday. They, you know, you're up with the lead and you're in, uh, you have the ball starting in basically Tennessee territory and it's three and outs two back to back three and outs. And they just were not, there was two opportunities to seal the deal. And Staley, yep. the guy who goes for it on fourth down in those analytical situations, I haven't looked at the analytics, but I, I promise you, it says go for fourth, go for it on fourth down on one of those situations. And he did in neither of them. I don't know what the fix it's, you know, Two not bad losses, I guess. You're, no, they're not bad teams. But, but I mean, it's both. like you should have won. You should have won both. And if you're not going to win both, you might. You hope to be one and one. And yeah. somehow they're discussing going two. Yeah, and I, I don't have the. I wish I had the stat or the number on it because I don't. Herbert has multiple fourth quarter comebacks, so it's not an issue of him not being clutch or uh, game winning drives, fourth quarter comeback drives to win the game. I mean, he had a ten play um, sixty yard drive to tie the game up. I correct. Sorry. But like you said, the most defining moment is they get a first down on third and seven. It's first and 10 on the Titans, 49, with 625 to go, and you blow it. Like, that just, yeah. it just can't happen if you're going to be the team you want to be. Um, your Tannehill thoughts, because I've seen it a thousand times. But I'll, I don't I'll know. What, what were the Tannehill thoughts that you that you saw? 
It's just the same thing I've always seen. It's the same Titans offense. It's awful, 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 awful. Get one deep ball. Derrick Henry runs it in. Awful, awful, awful. One more explosive yeah. play somehow. And then Derrick runs it in. It's, it's, I, the same, it's the same shit for five years. I was going to say I was very impressed with Tannehill. Because yeah, I, watched, I watched I uh, watched all of last week's game. And then I watched a lot of this week just because I was on red zone all the time. And then I watched the highlights and stuff. That dude, the past two weeks have gotten his head kicked in. Yeah. I mean, he had, he took one, uh, I don't know who it was, but just straight up the middle, stood in the pocket, threw the ball. And it was one of like the nastier hits I've ever seen on a quarterback in recent history. Just immediately gets, you know, gets back up. Yeah. And the, the pocket composure in those situations where a lot of these quarterbacks you see get freaked out easily. The guy has had no protection in back-to-back games. They have a completely new offensive line is, and he's still somehow delivering these, these deep passes and completions. And a lot of quarterbacks can't make those throws. And he made three of them, you know, in situations where he had to make those throws. He did it yeah. three times on Sunday. I think that speaks a lot to a quarterback. Now he's not going to be, Sorry for the noise in the background. He's not going to be some guy who's going to go out there and put up the major numbers. But in terms of the toughness of the leading in, of the team and when he had to do it, I was really impressed with Ryan Tannehill this past Sunday. No, that's fair. That's that's a good point to bring up too because Will was at the game and said they were chanting for Willis when he got sacked at like the one-yard line. And it's like, if you think Tannehill's the problem right now, you know better, Tennessee. You've watched this. You know your team. You know your scheme. You know your offense. Yeah. They're going to have multiple drives that are awful. But to, like you said, he, to his credit, is very confident and c- continues to rip the ball and, and make throws that he probably doesn't even have the talent to make. And he finds ways to get it done. And he always has. And that's why he's been perfect for the system because uh, he, he can make those plays. And he's still I mean, running the ball well. Like, it was he went 20 for 24. Play. And completions. And I know they I know they weren't necessarily all just like downfield throws. He's only had 250 yards, but so. there yeah, there was the Traylon Burks, there was the mm-hmm. Chris um, Moore. The Chris Moore, and then there was the DeAndre Hopkins throw mm-hmm. that were yeah. flipped the out. field. One hundred and one of them was in I don't, I forget when they all were, but I know they were later in the game. So yeah. I was very it's- impressed with with Tannehill. I, I thought that was a game where it's just kind of you know, you don't you don't see that composure from a lot of quarterbacks. So yeah, just a total Tennessee win. It's what they do. Um, they're the most annoying team to play in the league. Yep. Which is why I thought they would have won last week, but for your boys. And God, the 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 preview for the for freaking Chargers Vikings is like. Let me tell you what my game winning field goal game of the week is in advance. It's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. As it should be. <laughs> and that game, I may bet on a tie. So. Um, That'd be the okay. funniest thing ever. It'd be oh, perfect. God. Green Bay at Atlanta. Look, we both said the Falcons are going to be good. Yeah. For whatever that means for the NFC South. And that doesn't mean that Ritter is. And just like we knocked Tannehill and gave him credit, look, Ritter is a winner and he's tough as hell. And there's something to that and the identity and the way they play. But my God, he's bad. And I just, it's its its ridiculous. He's getting away with it. He's getting away with it. 2-0 Atlanta Falcons over Green Bay. Yeah, that, um, I don't know how that they won this game in the fourth quarter. No idea. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> no idea. But somehow they did it. Yep. Uh, yeah, Bijan, like, was insane. He's so Get- good. 
you should probably give him the ball more, but knowing the trend that we've seen with these Falcons high drafted weapons, uh, we'll probably see a decline in volume there. Uh, I, yeah, I really don't even know what to say. It was the weirdest game ever. They, they just hung around. I feel like there was a lot of times where uh, Green Bay kind of had opportunities to put it away. And in the fourth quarter, they went punt three and out, three and out uh, downs, which was a four and out. So yeah. they they yeah. ran. I think these were all in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, they're four, they ran three. They ran uh, 10 plays in the fourth quarter. And Atlanta ran eight, 20. They ran 20 plays. So, yeah. Yeah, they ran a trick play to get down to the 10 and then scored and then two field goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where you're where as a Packers fan, you got you got brought brought back down to life a little bit there. Um, because when the game got tight, love love wasn't great when the game got tight. And but I think Packers fans know this. This is a LaFleur offense, not a Jordan Love offense. Like, I don't think any Packers fans after week one were like 20 years either. I don't think there was overreactions there, but that was a game where he had the ball in his hands to end the game. He had the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter to try to put the game away and couldn't do it. And that's, that's going to be part of his growth too, because he is so new even for being in the league for a few years now. Um, but that's just kind of the difference there uh, that green Bay is going to struggle with as good as they want to be that that's where their averageness kind of comes out. So. And it's um, something that we, we're going to get into Mac Jones later. Like it's yeah. something that we oh, yeah. see with a younger quarterbacks and B guess what? Not every quarterback's one of the greats and maybe yeah. eventually he becomes one who knows, but specifically for young quarterbacks, it's, it's all a part of the growth. They're, they're going to have opportunities for game when he drives, when the defense just turns it up a notch, the coordinators throw everything they have at you and you have to be able to make plays. And he wasn't able to make plays this week. Um, yeah. But in the future, who knows, it's a growth opportunity. And I think for a Packers team that necessarily doesn't have the biggest expectations like you'll want to make the playoffs and now yep. in this division like we we're talking about with the lions and the vikings there's an opportunity to win it um but yep. there's they're gonna lose games like this this year it's the growth points it's part of figuring out if jordan love is the future um so you just kind of take it on the chin and move on it just sucks to lose that way you'd rather lose like 31 24 where you just yeah. kind of were a touchdown you're down a touchdown the entire game yeah they just had the ball last yeah uh, yeah, it's, and then for Atlanta, just keep finding ways to win. I mean, they ran the ball really well again. That's what they do. They have good defense. They they they're just a funky team. It's a funky team to play, uh, and they and they found a way to win two weeks in a row. Um, we'll see. You know, I don't know what their schedule is, but we haven't seen them play probably a top team yet. So it'll be interesting to see when that happens. I don't I don't know who they Lions next, next week. week. Then Jaguars. Yeah. Oh my God, Lions, Jaguars, Texans. It's ramping up, then it comes Commanders, down. Buccaneers, Titans, Vikings, Cardinals, Saints, okay. Jets, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, Colts, Bears, Saints. Um, so the Falcons are gonna win 13 games. Oh, oh, okay. oh my, I, I, I'll tell you this when they make the playoffs, I am hammering, hammering whoever they play. I, I mean, the the Jaguars is the only game that I said in there that I felt was like, yeah, but no that's chance. an early game. Who no knows if Jaguars? It's, yeah, it's overseas. It's weird. Okay. Well, this is going to be a fun year of us saying the same thing every week about Atlanta as they continue to win. Um, great. Next game. Seattle so at Detroit. 
Um, Justin, someone reached out to us. Do you want to talk about that as it's kind of been a two man game between you two there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Stati reached out to us. Um, he <laughs> said, what was his exact? Cause I know he, he sent some, Oh, I, I texted Dan Campbell should stop going for it on fourth down. That was at three ten. Um, yeah. Then this is poorly managed uh, game. They have too much talent. I thought they were going to the Super Bowl. What happened, Dan? They're easily two enough. They have anyone other than a motivational speaker at head coach. And I've gone back and forth because it's kind of like I was on the train that I came off, and I won't go back on the train. But I've I've noted a lot of yeah. times that I used to be on it, and I'm mad I got pulled off of it. But this was this was bad game management by Dan Campbell. I thought, and it was clear as day uh, for anybody who just kind of has the most easy sense of like, when do you go for it on fourth down? Um, to start the game, they went for it on fourth down and they were at the Seattle 31 and it was fourth and four. Uh, they were there. It was tied seven, seven. You're at fourth and four in the Seattle in the second quarter. I personally early in the second quarter, that's a take the points and you're not, you're not winning a football game there. That's personal opinion. Then you go down, and I don't – did they go 0-4 before? I, I just want to make sure I don't miss anything here. I don't know where I find this at. Uh, fourth down efficiency. They went 1-3. Okay. Um, but that was – I thought that was a bad one. And then later on, they went for it on fourth down, and they were at the Detroit 45, fourth and two, when they were up four. <laughs> so they're in Seattle territory, up four, and instead of just saying we're going to flip the field, like that's a prime punting position where it's like, all right, if you get a good punt, they're, I know, driving, you said they're, they're driving on their 90 own 45. Yards. They're on their yeah. own 45. Yeah. Yes. Not Seattle they're, territory. That's an easy prime punt position. Make them drive 90 yards. You're up four points. Yeah. Could have been up seven, if Dan, if you didn't go for it earlier. So I thought it was those kind of things where it was just opportunities where you should go for it. You don't. And opportunities where you, you I personally don't think you should go for it. You do. Uh, and it, it, it worked in Kansas city when they went for it on their own 22 yard line or whatever. Yeah. And look, looking back on it, they won the game, but that was a very ill-advised decision. And I feel like it was kind of that hangover of like, well, we did it last week. Let's do it again this week. When everyone says don't go for it because the book says you shouldn't go for it. I'm, it's a field thing. I'm, I'm still going to go for it. it yeah. I don't think anybody felt that besides Dan Campbell. And it, it, it's going to win in football games like it did last week, but it's going to lose in football games that they should win like this week. I felt like there was a lot of opportunities to put Seattle away. They never were able to. They had, you know, a bad fumble by David Montgomery. They had a, a pick six. This was a Lions football team that should have won this game, and they didn't. And I think a lot of it boils down to coaching decisions later on. Yep, yep, well said. I mean, I the weird part too for me is I, I get trusting the offense and Ben Johnson and the offensive line because they've kind of earned that. But on the flip side, it's not a good defense again. And, you know, if Chiefs catch half those balls, Mahomes throws for, you know, a, a big amount of yards and they make a big amount of explosive plays. And then you see Seattle doing what they did, once again coming into Detroit and just lighting them up in the passing game. So I guess maybe you could say, look, they're going to score anyways. We might as well go for it. But I don't really think it's that. I think it's just way too much faith in Aaron Glenn in this defense. Uh, that continues to be a problem. And we got blinded by it a little bit last week. Like I said, the drops, but that's two weeks in a row now where they've really just teams have thrown the ball all over the yard against them. So that's where it doesn't make sense where you're on your own 45. And it's like, if you don't get it, you know, they're going to torch you at least make them go down farther and try to earn it. Uh, so yeah, bad decisions. And for the Seattle side, 
you know, did we overreact to the Rams loss? Probably a little bit. I still don't know how good this team is, uh, but that's a tough win. And that's a really good win. So credit to them. And I will say, by the way, the when they went for it on fourth down, it was a tied football and they got it. It was a tied football game yep. and they're at this set Seattle 11. So, okay. Tied football game, Seattle yeah. 11. They Stop went for it and they got it. That's a time where I'm fine with going for it. And you got yeah. it. The other one touch. And yeah, you talk about, did we overreact from the Seattle game? And you kind of look at it and, you know, or the Seattle Rams game. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. We don't think yeah. the Rams are a good football team and they still lost in disgusting fashion. But they had a, they scored 37 points, uh, I guess 31 points in regulation. One of it was a pick six. Uh, then they had a fumble where yeah. they immediately got the ball in the red zone. Yeah. And then they had the downs where they immediately got the ball in their territory. Um, and they've had two, they had two missed field goals. So I guess it kind of cancels out at the end. But, you know, I was imp- more impressed with their offense and the way that they moved the football against a you know, an average yep. defense. So I, I'm going to give them some credit there. But at the end of the day, I don't think you can look at this and say 37 points and be like week one for this offense was just a bad week because they got, they had a lot of gifts given to mm-hmm. them this week. So I'm still a little questionable on Seattle. Yep. Forward. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but good win on the road, two years in a row going to Detroit and winning. So, and that just Detroit to lose that game. is just tough because that's and yeah, the scheme asking everything uh, yep. did. Was that one of the games where it was like they just have never lost in Detroit or something? It's like they just I'm never sure. lose there. Yeah, because it's clear now. Um, next one, India Houston. Do, do you want to go first? No, you always – for some reason, you always let me go first when it's your team, and then you just give me the ball when it's no. my team immediately. So I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, yeah, India Houston. Look, I don't know if the Colts are a good team, Justin. I don't. Probably not, to be honest with you. But I do know one thing, good teams beat up on bad teams and we beat the shit out of them. I don't care what the score says. That was awesome. We haven't done that in like three years. Um, You come out so ready to play, you know, they're banged up offensively. You have six sacks against them. They don't sack you once. And the biggest storyline that we'll get to obviously is Anthony, but I think we have a quarterback. Like I'm pretty confident in what Anthony's shown in the first two weeks. I'm so impressed to go there, and I know you have the opening script, but to go there on the road, it's their first game with their new quarterback. The place is going nuts. And 10 plays march down the field as poised as can be, 21 years old. Like, I, I, I'm I, so excited about Anthony. I'm really bummed that, you know, we probably won't get to see him play next week. We'll see. And he had to sit out this game. But I think we have a quarterback. I know we have a coach. And that's why I'm excited. Like to go to Anthony Richardson and score two touchdowns right away and with the run game we were against D'Amico and the way we were playing. And then to basically have to go 180 on that to Gardner Minshew and not even flinch and score two more touchdowns in the same half was beyond impressive. Uh, and, and I think that speaks to the new tone of this team with Steichen, the resiliency, the belief now that we have in the offensive line just completely rejuvenated. And everything that we hope for, we've seen in the first two weeks. Ryan Kelly's been awesome. Quentin Nelson's been awesome. Braden Smith. So that's really encouraging. So I'm really excited about this team. It's really fun. Secondary sucks. We knew that anyways. Um, but I'm just excited. On the Houston side, I'm really impressed with CJ Stroud. Some of the numbers are inflated because of how much we are up and they got to just throw it around a little bit. I don't know if this is a real term or not. We talk about people being a poor man something. CJ Stroud is a rich man's Jared Goff. Like he would, when he is set and in the script and in the system, he was killing us when it was third and nine, you know, there's those guys where you're like, we're getting off the field. I didn't feel good. Now he can't really be that mobile 
like, I don't know what the hell that Georgia game was still because he's not that good creating outside of the pocket, but it's still better than golf. Like he's not a statue and he's going to be a problem. I was really impressed with him. Two quarter first game ever with two quarterbacks under 22 years old going against against each other. And it's going to be fun for the next decade because I really liked CJ and I think Houston should be impressed. Uh, and lastly, Anthony, uh, the injury prone shit has already started. Look, the guy missed two plays against Jacksonville. He could have gone back in. He wasn't even on the injury report the next day. And this one, he said it too. He didn't see the guy as he shouldn't have. He gets cheap shot in the end zone. He bangs his head against the turf. He gets concussed. He knows he's got to play smarter and not be as reckless, but in all reality, it was just a really unfortunate, unlucky thing to happen. Injuries haven't been a problem with him. I'm not worried about it. I'm super impressed by his poise, by the way he's been reading the field, processing at this age. Um, I'm freaking excited. I, I don't. I told you I don't care how many games we win this year. I don't want to win with Gardner because that's not why we're doing it this year. But if it's for one game, so be it. I'm ready to go to Baltimore. It's the most excited I've been about just the progress I've seen in, in two years. So uh, it's exciting. I was, I was happy. It's been a while. As you should be. Uh, you kind of took as you probably should have, because anything mm-hmm. I think about the culture, you're going to probably say as well, all the words out of my mouth. I was very impressed. And the what I was going to lead off with, you led off with as well. And it was good teams beat up on bad teams. It, it, there is something about it, winning football games handily against the bottom teams in the NFL that stands out. The way that Steichen did it was awesome. The way that Anthony showed, like, and even he, he played after the concussion, so you had to think it wasn't as bad. And he yeah. still was phenomenal so concussed anthony richardson is still a great quarterback uh the defense is flying around offensively it's you know you still don't even have weapons that's the crazy thing about it you know downs i feel like is showing some stuff Pittman is is still a guy who's reliable um but Mm -hmm. you don't you don't have a a running back yet uh that'll help the running game tremendously kind of take some more of the focus off of ar when he's in so I, i think there is it's a season where all you want to see, like the progress is what wins is like the winner right now. It, it re- sure. The record is not what Colts fans care about. It is progress. And you've seen so much of it through two games. Uh, and yeah, Steichen, like just the way that the team played that it was just a good coach game, like a, a really good game by him. And it's, it's promising to see because when uh, teams are going to get beat up, right? Like, as a Giants fan, yeah, Daniel Jones, like he's he's out. And it's yeah. it's one of those things where you, you don't want to win games with Gardner, but it's good to see that you can bring in a backup quarterback mid-game and not lose a beat because yeah. uh, most teams can't do that. And that is very impressive, and I think that has to do a lot with the coaching and the quarterback room and kind of what's going on there in Indianapolis. So I was very, very impressed with the Colts this weekend. I think that you should be very excited uh, with that win because it's, you know, it's even sweeter when it's Houston, right? Even though you guys are, you know, kind of bottom right now and not much expected, mm-hmm. you guys both drafted a quarterback last year. You went into Houston and you kicked their butt. And yeah. that is awesome. I think that's something that Colts fans should be able to hang their hat on on Monday morning. You're not, you're not worried about fighting for the division title or playoff spot right now, but it's still yeah. nice to beat the rivals. Yep. So, and yeah, on Houston side, they have a lot more progress to do. I was very impressed with CJ Stroud and some of the connections he's having early on with his receivers. Yeah, so him and Nico of, are... Yeah, awesome. Uh, and Dell kind of got in there a little bit too, I saw at mm-hmm. the end of the game. So this was not an 11-point game. If you kind of looked at it, it, it the Colts kind of just stopped doing what they yeah. cared about. It's one of those things when they were up, what? 
31-10. I think we threw it four times in the second half. You pull the playbook. You There's no reason to continue the playbook because you're not playing some explosive offense that you're like, yeah. we have to continue to score points because if you're playing the Chiefs, you're like, anything can happen, God forbid. So uh, this game wasn't as close, so maybe that's why we can kind of see some of the uh, latter of the game, some better plays by CJ because I assume the defense did the same thing, probably just showed some base coverages, some so you know, soft. base blitzes, and just try to sneak out of there. Um, without anybody getting hurt. So yep. overall, very impressed. And like you said, any it sucks when quarterbacks get hurt, especially when they're running quarterbacks, because there is that narrative. And some quarterbacks, you have to pay attention to it, right? They yeah. they get dinged up. Daniel Jones has that narrative on him because he always I mean, misses games every year, it feels like. Uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson has that narrative on him. You know, we haven't seen it with Josh Allen yet. We, we haven't seen it with Justin Fields yet, but every time they get a hit, you're kind of like, uh-oh. And week one was weird. It was kind of a, a weird hit. And then this week was just a complete cheap shot. If that ha- game, if that hit happened to Sanders in Colorado, Colorado state, the media would be freaking out about it as we've seen it doing right now with the Travis Hunter hit. So yep. I, you can't blame Anthony Richardson at all. The guys in the end zone, I don't care it's if he see, even if he sees him, you don't expect to get, you know, popped. hit and then yeah, popped and just kind of get taken off your feet. And it sucks that it was his head hitting the ground after. on turf. So, which again, grass might not be sitting here concussed, Zach. <laughs> so, which they used to have grass in Houston, fun fact, until yeah. I think two years ago. Um, so, I you don't blame him for that. That's just kind of a, a sucky situation. But I, like you said, very impressed with Indiana and uh, or Indianapolis. And moving forward, just kind of the, the way this division is built. Tennessee, they have Rabel, but the outlook of Tennessee is kind of low. Houston does not have as high of an outlook and Jacksonville is, is Jacksonville at the end of the day. We'll see what happens with them in the future, but you are definitely the the person that they're most worried about. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, you said it best. Like one of the points was, yeah, like neither of us were saying we're a good team. We're not a great team. We'd probably not be a playoff team, but I just, I swore we weren't a bottom feeder team again and it appears that we're not. And so that's just refreshing. It's just refreshing to not be a bottom feeder because I, I didn't think we were. Yeah, it's nice. And it's one of those things, too, where I know, look, I know the Giants necessarily didn't have a great start to year two of the Shane Dabble campaign. And we'll get into that in a couple minutes. But uh, it is it is something nice where you bring in a new regime and you're not starting off with like, oh, God, we had such a poor record that if we do it again in year two and we show no signs, we have to restart again. There is something to that. And if the Colts can continue on this train or this trend, kind of like, all right, we have a coach. Well, questions with Anthony Richardson are not going to be answered this year, right? But right. it's something about the foundation being set. We have a coach. That process of, you know, since Dungy and uh, what's his face after Dungy. I don't know. I can't think of his name right now because I'm Caldwell. Caldwell. Uh, like Sorry. it's it's been, a, yeah, Caldwell isn't that good. It's just kind of been, you know, here and there, up and down. This You like him the next year you hate him. Then you like him and then you're kind of firing him a year too late. Uh, it'll be nice to kind of have that concrete foundation built. And you and you do that by winning games like this, how you yeah. guys won this game. So I think there should be excitement in Indianapolis. And if I see any hate out here in Virginia, I will stand proud. <laughs> Thank you. Well, as you know, being loser franchises most of the past decade, like even when we won, like oh, it was only negative on Twitter because we just don't like people literally don't know how to be happy when your bad yeah. team starts to become good. Like they, they don't like Stroud threw it all over the place. Like, hey, can we just... Just relax. We want yeah. to just, have, and it's, just have fun. It's such a weird thing. It's mainly Twitter, which is, you know, wow. a mess anyways. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, it was disgusting for me. So I get that. Um, next one. 
So as you probably, our listeners have seen, we started posting tw- uh, clips on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, try to get a little more of interact reactions, interactions, all that good stuff. And in doing so, probably setting us up to look dumb more than not. And we yeah. realize that we're okay with that. Certainly has never stopped us before. We have, um, a, we have a hundred and now 22 episodes out there. A lot, a lot of bad takes. So yeah. people want yeah. it, they can find it. Especially if you have a, a couple drinks in us, for example, Justin yeah. texted me out of the blue Saturday night. Um, Mitch was at the Michigan game. Bowling Green was playing at Michigan. He was kind of supporting both sides because, you know, he's a big Michigan fan, but obviously the alum. And I guess Bowling Green was hanging in there early. I certainly wasn't checking the score. Seven to six with the ball. Justin sent me some texts that I, I couldn't even really look at yet. And it was like, do you think Mitch is going like, to be mad? Like, obviously he like loves BG, so it's a little weird. And then I realized in the morning, I'm like, oh, so you were texting me legitimately thinking at one point Bowling Green was going to beat Michigan. So we are going to say stuff that is more than <laughs> not going to look bad the next day. And we don't care. Yeah. So that's part right. of it. I'm going to do it again this week with Rutgers. Don't let us, don't let us be hanging in there. You already you already asked Mitch. He he denied it right away, and we have moved yeah, on. Yeah, that's um, but we posted a clip about the Bears. Yeah, and we don't feel cool doing this to the Bears. Like this sucks. It really sucks. There's teams that I don't like being critical on, and the Bears are at the top of that list. It's half of our listeners. It's yeah. we appreciate it, and like it's not some oh look at us get to show up and crap on your team because everyone else is doing it. Like. It is what it is, and this is exactly the game that Justin and I predicted. Um, this team showed no signs of being any better, or not, they're not ready. I mean, everyone saw the clip. They ran the, the, the screenplay three times in a row. It doesn't take a football novelist to understand that's criminal. Yeah. And my question for you is, because I, I got pissed today for Owen and Mike and all them, like – you clearly know field struggles to process, right? Like you clearly know, we, mm-hmm. we know it. We've all seen it now. So are you trying to tank? Are you just trying to tank or do you, are you legitimately coming into these games with these plans? Because Justin Fields has four design runs four in the first two games. So why in the world are you treating him like a statue and, and playing him in a way that he, there's no way he can succeed because he's not this bad. He is not this bad of a quarterback, but if you put him in this system and, and the way they're playing him then yeah he is like if he was in atlanta right now i'd feel even way better about atlanta because i think he could do stuff there because it's a coach that would understand how to play him like i don't think this is a guy that can never see the field again but holy shit i do not understand what in the world luke Getzey and this offense is doing to this guy and it sucks because i i, they, I like i legitimately think they might just have punted on the season before it started and we just didn't know that's where i'm at because there's no way you're showing up and playing like this so what do you th- – I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's – I kind of there with you because it's it, – whenever you have young quarterbacks, and I know he's in his second year, you always are – you know, it's every every drive is a – you know, you're analyzing it. What do we see? Is it him or, like, you know, is he the future? Can we rely on him? And after yeah. the start of the season, it is like – you're, it's not a good start and you always have to weigh what is it system or is it talent and there's some yep. things where talent wise like you said processing things you know he's not the best at no nope. but those are things that you can you can actually you you hope learn and progress in and at by the end of the season you're kind of seeing him go through reads better there's more confidence in the pocket all that stuff and 
uh, for me, when I first watched it, you're kind of like, this is bad. I mean, it was a lot of bad stuff. And I felt like the Packers game at the beginning of the game, like he was just every time there was pressure, he was like, I'm taking off. And it was how they were doing drives. And I really didn't see a lot of, I don't know how many rushing yards he had, but I really didn't see a lot of it this week. I saw a lot of him him to stand there. Yes. That's exactly what I thought. And then, uh, so I was like, that's weird. And then after the game, I saw his press conference and they were comparing him to Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins was like, it's on me, blah, blah, blah. If I put the ball, you know, here instead of here, it's maybe a yeah. touchdown. It's a different game. And Fields is like, yeah, you know, he he thought that was the right play call and that's what it was. And Seven made a great play. And at first I, I saw it and I was kind of like, you, you never want to see that out of the quarterback because it is something yeah. about that. And then you go back and realize that he's talking about the same screenplay three times in a row. That's when it, everything for me changed. I was like, to yeah, cry for help. Get this guy out of that system. Yeah. And I've been critical about the Bears coaching staff. And I, you can go back and look because there's some personal stuff as to why I don't <laughs> like them. Uh, and so, but now it's kind of like, oh, no, this is legit reasons for you to be concerned as a Bears fan. And I'm, we are not going to sit here and say Justin Fields is the answer or he is not the answer because nope. I, I still don't think we can know. But you said the exact same thing I was going to say. And I'm, this is not a comparison to Anthony Richardson and Justin Fields, but put Justin Fields in that offense yesterday that Indianapolis runs and show me what, like, show me the result. Cause it's going to be a completely, it's going to be a completely different quarterback than what we saw being played in Tampa in Chicago it's not even close. or Tampa, you know, playing in Tampa. I don't want to, right. I don't want to think people think that I was making a Baker comment there. Uh, it, it, it is not close at all. And it's one of those things where it's like, what sucks as a bears fan is you can't, Though I've always preached this. There's a couple things that are on Justin's mountain Rushmore preaching, and it's you'd rather be a year too early than a year too late. Yeah. And it's something to be said if you know it's the you know it's the quarterback, and you're like, we got to get off of him, and we got to get off of him now. Reset. We can, there's a great quarterback class coming in this year, and what's you know kind of re, redo this entire process again, create the excitement, get our get a guy, and we move forward. But at the end of this year, if this is what this play calling and this play design and this philosophy keeps up, you're going to have, you're, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know if you're a year early or a year late, you're going to have absolutely no idea. And with this quarterback draft class coming up, there's going to be a lot of hard questions that are going to be asked and everything in the back of your head is going to be like, well, what if we're wrong? What if Justin Fields goes somewhere and just takes off? What if, what if the guy that we draft is a bum? You, you never know in this league. And the worst thing you can possibly have is a non-definitive answer. The only definitive answer we have so far right now is that Chicago's coaching staff stinks. Yes. But you'd rather know personally, I'd rather know my quarterback stinks than my coaching staff stinks. Cause a quarterback can make a coaching staff look good, but a, a bad coaching staff, a quarterback still won't be good. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. So totally. it sucks. It's, it just sucks. It sucks. And this it's a long year, this 90 minute, uh, quarterback school is going to come out and he was defending. I don't know if you saw, he was defending Justin Fields. He was like, it's not Justin Fields. All he's not like, making this. He's not making this to clown him. That's not like, yeah. And if you watched, if you actually watched the, uh, the hour of the first one, mm-hmm. the major 75% of it was talking about overall philosophy and play scheme. It was not yes. a Justin Fields thing. And this yes. 90 minute one, I bet it's going to be something similar where he's just going to be like, I don't, what do you want this guy to do? So the yep. verdict is still out on Justin Fields. We kind of are here with Getsy, like this sucks. This guy stinks, but yep. they're not going to pull the plug in week two. No. And you, the thing that's, you know, it's different with 
when you have an offensive minded play or offensive minded head coach, you can kind of be like, Hey, I'm going to take the reins like Doug Peterson, Dave, like they can be like, I'm going to take the reins. I'm going to be the one to make the play calls right now. But with Eberfuss, you can't do that. You have to hire a guy or you have to yeah. promote a guy within who's yeah. been under this offensive scheme, who's a gets a guy, whatever, through and through. It's a bad spot. It's a very bad spot to be in as a Bears fan. And the worst part is the confidence is only going to get lower as the season progresses. Oh, my God. Yeah, guys are going to start asking for tra- – it's going to be really bad. they got to go to Kansas City next week. I was thinking yeah. about that today too. Like, why would you – for the rest of history, just don't hire a defensive coordinator. Because I, I don't care, like, unless you have, like, the Dan Campbell situation where you've pretty much elevated Ben Johnson to associate head coach to keep him to stay, because the best thing that happens is he's so good, he goes gets hired somewhere else. But, like, if the defensive guy leaves, whatever, because in this league, it is about the quarterback and the offensive coordinator slash coach. That is what this league is now. And it's one of those things where when you're bringing in a rookie quarterback in the draft and you're like, we're getting a new quarterback and a new coach, hey, why don't you just pair him up? Sure. Like, yep. I don't, that's, that's, yeah. and you brought in a defensive minded head coach and you brought in, and when you were, when you were drafting a rookie quarterback, that's when I knew, right. I'm pretty sure I said some things two years ago about that. So yep, it sucks. Um, it does suck to give Tampa credit. I like this Tampa team. Their defense is awesome. Baker's in a role where he gets to be confident and free. And Mike Evans is a first ballot hall of famer. So this, uh, I like them. Yeah, I texted you. I was like, this is a this is a fun side of Baker to be on. And mm-hmm. they are a fun team. They're a freaky team. I mean, their defense is phenomenal. And mm-hmm. offensively, yeah, like just enough plays. Like that they they're not going to be scoring 30 points a game. But no. yeah, 27, which one of them made a pick six. So 20 from the offense, and they had 20 from the offense last week. That'll do. <laughs> every time with this defense, every time in this division, every single time. Mm-hmm. Very impressed with Tampa Bay. Uh, and this is and you kind of look you you look at NFL teams and you know they kind of found the perfect window because it is something where teams have windows and they go all in and then teams realize uh oh and they tank and then there's teams who are rebuilding right those are kind yeah. of the main three phases like the windows here or we know the windows not there we have to completely start a rebuild or we're in the process of rebuilding and Tampa found this little niche of we're going to retool a little bit we're going to kind of you know keep some core guys. We're going to keep the defense and we're just going to try to do enough because they know in this division, they can, if they do enough, they they're in the playoffs. And we saw with Washington in 2020, anything can happen to the playoffs. And it only takes one game for all of a sudden you, you know, kind of be in the champ, the NFC championship. So it's a great point. It's it, great point. Cause I, I, we, we all said tra- trade, the sell the farm. Everybody yeah, did. Yeah. And, they, and, and I, you're right. They were like, look at who we're playing. Why do yes. we do that? And <laughs> And with overarching NFC, I mean, if you win the NFC South, the the 49ers are the winner of the NFC East. One of the two is going to have a bye. I, and then the NFC North is so bad that... Yeah, you make it the three seed. Like, yeah, you might get the three seed, so you're not going to have to play them until the NFC Championship game. And then the NFC is just so bad that you're going to be playing a second-tier team in the West. Like, the NFC, besides the NFC East, which isn't great either. Like, we have, you know, the Cowboys and the Eagles... And I guess, I mean, I guess the Giants, the Commanders, like we're all, they're kind of all around the same. And clearly there's a top two and a bottom two as of now. But I mean, the NFC North has no runaway. The NFC South has no runaway. And the NFC West just has the 49ers. And then the other three teams were kind of like the Cardinals stink. The Rams, we think stink. And the yep. Seahawks, we have no idea what they are. 
The NFC is so bad that if Tampa just wins this division, somehow sneaks a three seed, they could legitimately be in the NFC championship game with how good it's <laughs> That's crazy. I, I'm agree. fine saying that right now because know, it's I not agree. outrageous until uh, until some path, other team. The, the team. Yeah. It's because crazy. if you're the three seed, you're not you're not you're avoiding the Cowboys and the and the Eagles yep. until the second week, and then anything can happen. So sorry for interrupting. I don't know what you're about to go on, but I was finishing my point. I agree. They deserve all the credit right now. It's fun. Yeah. Good for them. Um, is that a future okay. bet you can do? Just NFC Championship game? Probably. Yeah. I have to do that. I have to find that one. Um, all right, sir. Your team won a game. 28, yeah, 27 or something. Yeah. Whatever. It uh, yeah, it was uh, 30. What was it? 31-28. 31-28. Go ahead. Yeah, I've, again, this is the same thing with the week one. Like, I, where do I start? I have no idea. But that first half was a disaster. A complete disaster and i had it kind of in the first i mean not the first i kind of had it at the beginning of the dallas game and throughout the entire thing but i don't know if any other fans feel it but the headache of just like like i had a i had a migraine in the car like legitimately my head was hurting i was like i can't and i'm just running through everything i'm like i cannot believe we're about to be on two and then we have san francisco we're going to be on three i don't know where we go from here like we're down 20 to zero to the cardinals our offense was just dead. And then it was like one bad play. And we were just like, the drive was over. Saquon Barkley's playing the tip drill back-to-back games with the defense. Our defense, if I saw one guy tackle high again, just punching the football and getting ran over by James Carner, I was legitimately about to throw my laptop into the West Virginia turnpike. It was, it was worse football than what I saw in Dallas. 100% worse football than what I saw in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like, just back breaking, just drive like Arizona with Josh Dobbs, like no offense to him, but he's driving down the field against us. We got, we were getting zero pressures. Our secondary was getting beat and offensively, we just couldn't do a lick of anything. And every time you're, you're like, all right, it's 17 to zero. Let's at least get a touchdown here make it 17 to seven going into the half. And then Saquon plays a tip drill. I, I was about to have an aneurysm. And no offense to the Mamma Mia soundtrack, but that was going to play. I mean, it was the worst vibes ever, ever. And I tweeted at one point, I was like, uh, for some reason, I'm convincing myself I'm going to still believe. Because you had to. You had to with how bad that was. And also, a third, legitimately 33% of our survivor pool took the New York Giants to win. So I'm like, I'm not even thinking about, because I didn't, because anybody who listened to the podcast knew I said that this is a potential loss for us. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm going to get death threats from 22 of my friends. Yes. I, it was, it was on the table. Um, then the set, I, I also was saying to myself, what would I say in that locker room? I was like, I legitimately think I need to be in that locker room for the halftime speech because I, no one was going to get the giants more fired up than I was going to get them fired up. I had everything I had the, I was going to go at guys. I was going to see how they responded. If like cave on, which I'll get into cave on responded poorly. I was going to be like, and that's why we're down 60 to zero this season right now you man uh i was i was i was furious and it was just all in my head because you can't i'm on the road i can't get it out in my phone i'm like trying to save phone batteries so i can't like really tweet or anything and probably yeah. a good thing and i it was it was a bad situation but then the second half happened and i wanted this to be the first play of the season and it took six quarters uh yeah. for it to happen but the jalen hyatt deep bomb immediate touchdown and then of course uh Arizona goes down and scores. I'm like, that's it. But that second half, whatever was said, that's the start of the DVD, Zach. 
<laughs> like it, it's always every team has to have those moments. Whatever the when you win the Super Bowl and they make the season DVD, they're like, whatever is the starting point. That's the, that halftime locker room is a starting point to our DVD. It was a complete season defining seat or half what I saw. And people are like, oh, it's only week two. No, that if if we lose, we're 0 and 3 with Monday night football against Seattle coming up. Like it's it is as bad as it gets. Yeah. Uh and we came out, Daniel Jones played the best half of football a quarterback has ever played. And I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. It legitimately was four drives for four touchdowns in the fifth drive. That wasn't a touchdown. It was a game-winning field goal drive. Mm-hmm. 31 points in one half. The guy put the football on every single target that he had to, except for like one underthrow to Slayton. Um, the he was running, making plays with his feet. I mean, we had like a third and 12 and we had to get a first down and he just was making guys miss. He's kind of first down. It was the most impressive football I've ever seen. And defensively, oh, all of a sudden we know how to tackle. Jason Pinnock made a bunch of plays. It was the most exciting revamped football I've ever seen in my life. That second half in the car. I mean, we're, we're, we're banging the roof. We're getting loud. Abby mm-hmm. turns off Mama Mia, asked to turn on the volume of the game. It was the, the vibe change was unbelievable. And I get like, uh, you know, there was a lot of negatives specifically in the first half of that football game and like things where it's like, this has to be adjusted and a lot of scary things. Um, but to just win the football game the way we did to me, I'm just like the six first six quarters are just out. I'm, I do not care about any of that. Uh, it's, it's about what we did in that second half and now moving forward for the rest of the season, because it, the team just didn't, it looked like a completely different football team. It was it was the most exciting second half of my life. And I truly mean that because if we lost that game, the season was over. And the way that we came back and won and just punched everybody in the mouth, it was phenomenal. Our offensive line, Azid, I can't pronounce his name. Azedu uh should be the starting right tackle, I think, moving forward. Uh he was insane. Bump Evan Neal to guard. Uh, we had some no-name Mark McCleeton or something coming at guard when Ben Breedson or Ben Mark McGlinchey again. I don't even know. It was in whatever offensive line no-names we had, play them again. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones, yeah, you want to talk about Twitter. And you, I was watching because it was one of those things. I'm a big superstitious guy. Like the Giants, I went out of the full screen to like the little screen on the YouTube page. And I could see all the comments and we were started playing better. So I was like, I'm keeping it this way. And everyone was talking crap about Daniel Jones. I was getting so upset because no one understands that after next year, we don't have a cap hit. So they're just like, oh, four years to have fun, blah, blah, blah. Idiots. Um, Dabble may have taken over play calling. If he did keep doing it for the rest of the year, we don't know yet. Uh, There's kind of, he said he didn't, but if you look at the film, it kind of looks like he did. And Wink Martindale got cussed out on the sidelines by Dabble. That turned him up. Whatever we did, I don't even know. I'm rambling at this point, so I'll just stop. But it was awesome. Jalen Hyatt is the future. Dalen Waller, if he stays healthy, is the best tight end in the league. And uh, (laughs) Kayvon is the one thing where that's Evan Neal and Kayvon might go down as the worst top six draft picks class in the NFL history. So, Yeah, I was – I was very happy for you. I was happy for the podcast because if you lose that game, like you said, the pod I, just for the rest of the year, it's just hard. It's even, you know, as excited as we are to talk about football, if you lost to the Cardinals, I mean, holy shit, it would have been awful. Like, like you said, for the yeah. rest of the year. And I wasn't that worried. Like I told you, it was that they wouldn't show the game on red zone. Um, it was just through your text. And I would just, you know, kind of check on ESPN. And even when they got down 20 to nothing, 
I wasn't that worried because I was like, it's it's either two things. This team's clearly so spooked still from Dallas and just hasn't had that that day, like that thing happen yet where they move on and they forget about it, or they suck. So yeah. I was like pretty I was pretty calm. I'm like <laughs> we were gonna find out. <laughs> that's as a like a guy that's like not a fan, obviously like you know what I mean? Like I was like yeah. I'm either watching a team that's about to figure it out or that just absolutely sucks. And mm-hmm. the second I saw that text, I looked in the Hyatt play to start the third quarter. I'm like, okay, it's, they're going to win. Yeah, I didn't even care that Arizona went down and scored. And the whole team clearly felt that way too. Mm-hmm. Like if they don't get that play and they don't have that drive, then yeah, they. who knows how long this might have gone for. Because um, when you are down that much, you do need a lot of things to go right to get back in the position to win. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was re- relieved for you, honestly. Uh, but I wasn't that worried because I'm like, it's so clear this team's so effed up from what happened last week. Now, obviously a tough one Thursday. It may be hard to judge again. How right how, how good is this team? I, I we probably won't know for two weeks. Yeah. Um I I, I don't know. <laughs> like I it's still oh. I mean that's let's be like it's awesome they won. We talked about it in the first four weeks. It's about winning games. It doesn't matter. That's a really bad football team in Arizona. They play hard, give them credit. Yeah. But and, and this this was like we said about the Giants getting off being spooked. So I don't know how good they'll be, I, but they're not that bad. And that was that was obvious. And it's one of those things where it wasn't like it was a fluke win. I mean, we scored 31 points in no, half no, no, of football. No. And they're it's, the but, better team. Yeah. I, they should have won. Well, and, but what I'm trying to say is like, what do we know about this team? And it's like, it's one thing if we won that game 20 to 17 and it was a grind out fest and we're, yeah. and we just happened to win. And you're like, Oh my God, like I'm glad like, we legitimately won. Legitimately competing with that. But yeah. like, how do we only score this many points? Like, you know, Danny looked awful. The offense looked out of rhythm, but it, it to win the football game, the way we did 31 points in a game is a, is a lot in the NFL. We did that in one half. Mm-hmm. We scored more points in one half of football. We have more points right now in our season than some of the NFL has in their season. And we scored, we didn't score a point for the first six quarters of the season, Zach. Yep. So for me, I looked at it as if like, okay, we kind of started to find the groove, whatever. Look, we're going to get run out of the gym on Thursday night. I, not even a question about it. I whatever. It's yeah. one of those games where I'm. Gonna I wouldn't sit even play there. Andrew Thomas again. Don't play nope. anybody. I'm gonna sit there quietly on my couch. I'm not gonna get too up. I'm not gonna get too down. If we win, I'm gonna be the popping champagne bottles here Thursday night. And yep. if we lose, it's gonna be whatever. Because I'm personally, I'm on a Seattle Monday night. We have we have a bye week. That's not a bye week. We go Thursday night to Monday night. It is a bye week. I am on to Seattle. Saquon's not gonna play. Like you said, don't play Andrew Thomas. Anybody who's on the injury report from walk walkthroughs because we're not even practicing before the game zach we're just doing walkthroughs in arizona right now you can't yeah we're gonna get run out of the gym it is what it is i move on to seattle and seattle now becomes a okay if we start the season two and two and we lost to san francisco into into dallas we could be a great football team and i still would have said to ourselves that that it's a record that makes sense we just gotta yep. get that seattle win start the season two and two and then go from there but the if we, like I said, if that was a grind out fest, I would be so down on this football team right now. But that second half, I can't express to you. It, it legitimately was. Try to find me a better second half of football in the NFL than what we saw from Daniel Jones. Yeah, he was awesome. He was God, awesome. He was so good. Um, yeah, on the Arizona side, I don't care. They're bad. Um, the only thing, Gannon, I don't necessarily blame him. So I don't, I'm not here to try to, to clown him, but he called timeout right away when Saquon got hurt. And I, the, I'm like, they just blew 40 seconds. Like they would have gotten a free timeout when Saquon went down, but you look at it, it's hard to tell in the pile that Saquon was hurt and would have got had. Yeah, he tried out. to get up. He did. So I didn't want to 
you know, be um, unfair to Gannon. So, well, but, and if you want to talk about bad game management, Dable in the first half was right. he didn't call a timeout that would have saved 40 seconds. Uh, and then he didn't go for it on fourth down when it was like anybody and their mother goes for it. We were, we were down seven Oh, it was the opening drive. We had the ball in Cardinals territory, like fourth and two. And we punted and you're like, that's when I was saying, you're like, you want to talk about being spook spook. That's when it's like, that's what Joe judge did when he was just trying to save football games, being like, yep. just at this end of the season, like, I won five games. Like that's better than four. That was the decisions we were making. So there was a lot of bad football coaching. I thought Gant, it, and I'll say this, if I'm Buffalo, get get me Arizona's jam on the phone and bring James Conner, Con, James Conner to Buffalo. Because that's the He's type great. of running back that they need in Buffalo yeah. right now. He is a problem. And he, he is. And it stinks because, you know, he lost his job to Najee Harris. It was just kind of a, hey, old running back versus new running back. He had cancer. Yeah. I think he had an injury. And he went to Arizona. He was great last year. He's doing phenomenal this year. He'll be uh, trained. But no one's going to talk about him. Right. He'll be, that's a guy that for sure at the deadline should be moved. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Great win. Happy for you. Um, next game jets at Dallas. Look, the only thing you have to say about this is, and now Dallas gets to play Arizona next week. So they're going to look like the greatest defense to ever play football. Um, yeah. It's st- Stephon Diggs has our Trayvon Diggs has a 1.0 passer rating against him. Yeah. No, Garrett Wilson was smoking him all day. Uh, it's very simple. And I, I love, I, I we've talked about defending Zach Wilson because it sucks the position he's in. If the jets want to have any chance, he's going to have, they're going to have to trade for somebody. That's it. Like we yeah. know this, we all know it. That's an elite defense. So that's extreme, but you're not winning more than seven games. It's that's it. So. And I'm surprised we haven't seen more outreach for quarterbacks, but you knew it was bad. And I was going to, my one comment on this game was going to be talking about the jets team overall. You knew it was bad when players were like reaching out on Twitter to other quarterbacks. And I think that's disrespectful. I don't, I don't like that at all. And I had a lot of problems, I think with the uh, like sauce and, and uh, hall, like the way that they were, they're conducting business that I feel like should stay within the team's building out on Twitter. I four footballs too. You're yeah. They weren't running the ball for anything. They're getting smoked. Yeah. And it's just kind of like this guy's in the worst spot ever. And yeah. we everyone who knows football knows he's not the answer. I think that's clear as day. Um, but I mean, you don't have to like defend the guy, but just show some sort of support. Like, don't make the decisions that the general manager has to make. Don't go out on Twitter trying yeah. to make them because I think that's something that it's it shows a little bit of child, like you know, immaturity for NFL players. And every team has it. Every team has these young guys who just kind of get on they're Twitter, a young team. Twitter figures. Yeah, they're a young team. In they're not going to be the last team to do this. They're not the first team to do this. But and I, it, it's kind of a lost season as is. But it, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I agree. I agree. It sucks. Um, and on the Dallas side, I thought Dak was really impressive. That's still a really good Jets defense. Dak was awesome, actually. McCarthy had a good game plan. Um, I just, I mean, the Mika Parsons, Lawrence Taylor conversations, he's about a week away from them coming back. I know you're going to defend Lawrence. Uh, we're not, we're not going to talk about it. I already see your face. We're not, but <laughs> I, no, I was just going to laugh because I saw him today and I, it's just one of those things where like, I mean, he's the best, he's the he's best the player best in the NFL. Def- he's the best. Def- and I was thinking about that. I was like, why did I not have him as my defensive player of the year? I don't know. I wish I could have taken that one back. I so just, for stupid. some reason, I, that's what happens when you don't write down your awards beforehand. Justin, <laughs> you just do it on the fly. Um, he is that good. No, he is that good. And I, I have 
yeah, I'm going to defend Lawrence Taylor. Do I have any grounds to defend Lawrence Taylor? Absolutely not, because I had never watched the guy. I just have what was yeah. implanted in my head by older generations in New Jersey. Um, right. But he is that good. And if he keeps up what he's doing right now, I, I think I heard it on, on part of my take probably where it's like he might be in the MVP conversation, which the last guy sure. to do it was Lawrence Taylor. So it kind of tells you what class he's in right now. As He's so uh, disruptive. Uh, and I wish that we drafted him because I said I wanted him. But I'm mad that we didn't. Yeah. So good win for Dallas. They have yeah, Arizona. I mean, Tony instead. It's probably the easiest three weeks of just lopsided wins that they could have. Um, yeah. Next game, San Fran at LA. So this was my blowout. I had San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he knew. He had to. Like, he's 0-7 against the spread against Shanahan before that game. So he he had to be just tired of seeing it. Because didn't he spike the ball? They spiked it. Yeah. To kick a field goal, to end the game. Like if you're doing it because, oh, then we have a chance to maybe onside. Like there was, when they spiked it, there was one second left. So you're, this is the last play of the game. Yeah. So that and sucked. The thing is, is that with gambling being what it is now, it's only going to get like crazier and crazier. Because it, it, and coaches are going to be like, yeah, no, it, you know, whatever. And, as long as they don't have money on the game, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter, but guys are going to know, like we saw it in college yep. game and it's going to get the college game is going to be way more than the NFL yeah. game. But yeah, there's going to be something to be said, especially if you're a team like the Rams or it's just kind of like against you odds, like just win that for the fans. It's kind yeah. of the idea. It was yeah. crazy, but it was crazy. I was really impressed with the Rams again. I just, I don't know if they've just played hard for two weeks for divisional games because like Zoko texts me, he's like, yeah, they always play tough in divisional games. And they do. So I don't know how good they are, but I like them. Like, they're tough. Like, they they were in this game for four quarters. Um, and the 49ers defense was just too much, as they are. They're just too talented. Um, I don't know. Maybe if the Rams play a lesser team, they're going to kill. They're going to beat teams. Because it's like the Jamar Chase thing when we were just so misinformed. Like, Stafford looks as healthy as he, his rookie year. He looks skinny. Yeah. He looks his, awesome. I blame his wife, personally. Yeah. We got completely uh, fooled. I think that we also just kind of read the room wrong because it's one of those things like McVay wins a Super Bowl and then they have a very injury ridden. You kind of hear these rumors and you're like, yeah. his head's not in the game, blah, blah, blah. Like their talent they're They went all in for a Super Bowl in terms yep. of cap space and draft picks, which any team, if I would go in on right now, if it guarantees me once every time you do every it every time. single time. And it, I think that whole negative thing of just whatever the last two years were with the injuries and stuff, you're kind of like, it, it's past them. Sean McVay is a really good coach. And he awesome. was, you see all these like young offensive minded guys, like Sean McVay was the start of that trend. Like he yep. is the, he was the godfather of what the NFL is like offense is now. And, uh, or like, you know, he didn't necessarily create the plays, but he, the trend that we've yeah. seen. Yeah. And, uh, they, they have a great quarterback in Matt Stafford. It's not Wofford playing quarterback for them right now. And they were competing with Wofford and whoever was playing for them last year. I forget who all was. And they're kind of yeah. like, hey, they Baker. never, yeah, Baker. And they who, they beat San Francisco, or was it last year? Vegas. Vegas, that's what it was. Oh, that was a rough one. Um, and they necessarily didn't have the best weapons besides Cup. And now without Cup, I mean, they're doing things. They're doing things. I was very impressed with them. And I, the, on the San Francisco side, I was impressed that they kind of played a below average game and they mm -hmm. were easily, convincingly won. They're so good. 
Sorry. They're so good. Um, Stotts also made sure we want to point this out last week. We kind of joked about it. Uh, it's a real thing. Uh, Puka Shells is really good at football. Yeah, he, 20 targets, 15 receptions. 15 receptions. First player in NFL history with at least 10 catches and 100 receiving yards in his first two games. And like when you watch it too, it's it's like not every play is a screen, the spot screen. Like you, it's 147 yards. Like dudes getting the ball downfield and getting open on guys. He's averaging so. 10 yards a reception. So basically every on average, every time he touches the ball, it's a first down. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen when Cup is back, but holy, what's it's I, crazy. I think it only helps him because when think we so think too. about Cup, Cup has always been a vertical threat. Like his post route, his seam route, that's, yeah. you don't see Cup like making the bubble screens down the field. Right. Yeah. Or taking those down the field. And yeah, Puka's the tough guy. Puka has always he's we've seen him kind of work in that area, like get to the sticks kind of area. And mm-hmm. I, I think Cup coming back and just drawing the safeties back a little bit more, it's only gonna help him. It's crazy. So super impressive. Rams are 0 2, but that's a team that's gonna hang around and not be fun to play. We um, also had zero expectations for them. So zero. I had them as the worst team. And in the so. NFC, I mean that's if we want to go yeah. through their schedule, it's a little bit harder, but it, yeah, it could it could win games. They can. Um, Denver's not good. Russell Wilson, this is yeah, he's done. It's it's I'm I'm implanting the flag. Russell Wilson, yep. Justin Buckman is now on the hill. That the Russell Wilson and I and if anybody was trying to believe anything, it was me picking them to win the division last year. And then me saying this year, I think this team has has it in them, but it's over for Russell Wilson. Uh, the you know I I think we saw with the Sean Payton or somebody saying like we had troubles with the. Uh, you know, basically people were saying that Hackett was having issues with getting the plays kind of to Russell Wilson. And then we, we, you know, everyone kind of rubbed it off and saying Hackett, you know, we have that Bozo dubbed over award. Yep. Uh, and now Sean Payne's is saying this, saying the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, Russell Wilson is no longer playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised after next week. Yeah. Sean Payne's not, he didn't want to sit there and go two and 15. Like, And he said this beforehand that he was like, it's yeah. They go to Miami next week. Like you go get smoked there, it's over. And this yeah. defense looks just as bad. Like this defense is hor- Sam Howell, to his credit, by the way. They go on the road. They're down twenty-one to three. It looks like you're like, okay, this is what we kind of thought it would be. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and then they they turned it on. Like Sam Howell was really good, but this Denver defense was getting torched. Like they yeah. were horrible. Um, it's impressive win for the Commanders. It's two wins, like we've kind of said. You beat the Cardinals, you beat the Broncos. We both don't think are very good now, uh, but you're two and zero. So credit them, but yeah, Denver sucks. And it's just, since I don't like Russ, it, it's, it's fun when these things kind of happen. Um, but yeah, I did kind of want them to get the two point conversion. I, I felt bad for a second. It would have been there, fun. But yeah. And also it was a pass interference. Was it not pass interference? I felt like when I watched it real time, I was trying to look, I didn't like see it right away. I, also I thought it was, but whatever. I mean, well, the, I, I just was there. watching on Twitter. I wasn't necessarily seeing the play develop, but yeah, um, I thought it was, those, but who cares? Yeah. I who, you, that would they you need a Hail Mary just to get there. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so good for Washington. Washington has bills and Eagles the next two weeks. So we'll kind of see if what they are, um, okay. if they That's compete, if they're two and two, but they compete in both of both those games. Sure. I'm impressed. And I, I was, I had some words about them after last week. Uh, prove me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then finally to end it, dolphins at new England dolphins go to new England, get a really nice win. Um, third, 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 damn good team. Dolphins are just yeah. a damn good team, and they won in a completely different fashion than what they won in week one. Mm-hmm. And teams Drag that can out. do it either way, that's a problem. De- yeah. Defensive line is good. Van Ginkle was everywhere. Yeah, and the linebacker, he was awesome. Um, 
And yeah, New England, this is two weeks in a row where I just, their offense is just like they, they have to, like they can't make explosive plays. So they have to go like 13 plays, 15 plays. And you can do it every once in a while, but more than not, a turnover is going to happen or a flag is going to happen and your drive is going to be derailed. Like it's so hard to go 15 plays. And mm-hmm. that, like their receivers are awful. Juju is I, no juice. Devontae never could get open. I said they're, they're really boring. Like they're a really boring team because the defense is good. Yeah. I, just, I have no interest in watching them. Everyone's comparison to like what Brady was before, but also back then that was that that was what the NFL was. Right. Um, I will say Mac made some throws where I was very impressed. He did. Very, very yeah. impressed. He doesn't really have any wide receiver talent and the offensive yeah. line, is just kind of blows up in his face, but it, it's one of those things where it sucks, where it's back-to-back weeks where you need a touchdown and he had, two opportunities this week and he had two opportunities last week and he just hasn't been able to get it done. That's where it kind of sucks. Cause I think otherwise everything we've seen from uh, Mac Jones has been phenomenal in terms of expectations, but yep. he, at some point he's got to make the drive when it counts. Cause he's zero for four. I, I feel like this year. Yeah. And shout out Cole strange. That was one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen. Like uh, block the offensive lineman. No, the offensive oh, line. Oh the ball. yeah. 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 You're right. He was jumped in the air to catch that. Like what lineman ever, ever yeah. would like that was really impressive. It doesn't count. And I, I think that you you give him that first down if you're in New York, just so that they can say this is what got the first down. Yeah, like yeah, because now we'll never see the play again. Mm-hmm. So impressive by Miami. They're going to continue to roll as long as two is healthy. That team's a problem. Um. Okay. Uh, the Carolina game has started. The yeah. The game is, or the Steelers game is about to start. Awards real quick, and then we'll be Rio Carolina. That's why I keep turning to the side. Yeah. Um, Offensive player of the week. Uh, Second half, Daniel Jones. I'm doing it. I don't care what anybody says. That second half. Uh, Do I have the stats actually pulled up? Let me say what his stats were in the second half. I don't know if I. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go Mike Evans uh, game credit. I know there was a push off. People were pissed about probably was, but you know, they didn't call it. So his numbers end up being six catches, 171 yards and a touchdown. uh, And he's just been awesome. So Mike Evans, offensive player of the week. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, in the second half, Daniel Jones had over 250 yards passing. I don't have the exact number. Over 50 yards rushing. Don't have the exact number. Through I think two or three touchdowns, rushed for a touchdown and had zero turnovers. So good job, Daniel. There you go. I think it was yeah. That's <laughs> and a game-winning drive. So yep. Oh oh, I forgot to say. Um, I had the Chargers in game-winning field goal game of the week. So I'm getting closer. Yeah yeah. I mean, that was the most predictable just wrong game side. a field goal. Yeah. But yeah, wrong side. So you, if you pick their game every week, you just have to pick the right side. So. Well, I told uh, next week they play the Vikings, so I'm going right back, and I will definitely yeah, yeah. be wrong, but I'll, I'm picking one of them. Um, defense player of the week, I'm going Michael Parsons. Just hit the numbers don't even really stand out that much if you looked at it, but if you watched that game, it was a one-man show. So I gave it to the Cowboys defense last week. Now I'm giving it to an individual. Um. That's actually, yeah, that's probably a good one because I think I gave it to a defensive for my team last year. I'm going Chris Jones slash George Karloff, mm. Karloftis. Really uh, good. I looked at that. It, it kind of made sense for me. Only I didn't realize it was the only game that went under until you said it, but I kind of was just like, that was a low-scoring game. I feel like I should pick the defense, uh, a defensive player from those sides, but they combined for three sacks, a uh, couple tackles for losses, a couple QB hits. So yeah, um, really impressed nice. by that. Miscellaneous, who you got? Hmm. I feel like there's a couple. If you have one on top of your head, you can go. I feel like I have a couple that I'm trying to pick I, from. 
I got. I mean, we got to put him in there. Puka shells. Uh, yeah. Two weeks in a row of doing that. I don't like picking the losing guys, but when you do that, it's you're making history. Yeah. So. I picked Chelsea. him last week, so I didn't know if I was if we were allowed. He did, yeah, or you may have picked. I picked two. They were both picked because two two did great as well. Um, I am going to go with Bijan. Uh, one hundred and twenty four yards rushing, and just the highlights that I saw. Like he, I one guy was like, "It's the best film I've ever seen from running back." So <laughs> I yeah, just feel like I don't know how many inside. times. Yeah, I don't know how many more times we can say it. And he was a. Pro- it's weird where a comeback is based off of like a rushing attack almost, but right. It, he did it. So, yep. And then the Bozo dubbed over uh Bozo of the week sponsored by Nathaniel Hackett. I'll let you Who go you first. Since oh, I'm up first. Technically, technically um, you're up first. I just keep picking after <laughs> going back to a guy that we love to go to Brandon Staley. I just, it's not necessarily anything dumb. He did. I'm just tired of it. And I'm tired of this team being so talented and this quarterback being so good and him failing them. So um, I kind of hope they lose next week so that, look, you don't want to talk about no man's job, but I kind of hope they lose so he does get fired and Kellen Moore can take over and we can actually see what this team could look like. Yeah, I was between him and another guy, which I'll get into, but while we're on the Staley conversation, everyone knows uh, Justin Buckman is not a Staley guy. And for me, it's when you have a defensive-minded head coach and the defense is the problem, that's (laughs) when I start having questions. If – Let's just say hypothetically, Kellen Moore was the head coach and mm-hmm. Staley was the defensive coordinator. Staley is does if we continue from this process of X amount of years he's been the head coach till now. First of all, he doesn't have a job, but this year in general, people are asking questions. But with the head coach, you kind of give him a little more grace, I guess, because he does have the offense technically under his responsibilities. Yeah. So uh, that's just where I start asking questions. You can't be a defensive-minded head coach and your defense just doesn't. I, how many points have been scored against them? in like 50 60 something like they've that they've been getting torched torched yeah in two weeks so yep i mean the giants have more points against them so i can't really talk but uh i'm gonna go with another classic dan campbell i i kind of talked about it so i don't have to get into it again it's just some of the fourth down decision making wasn't necessarily a fan of i really think that it kind of put them in, in an overtime game those those are stuff that's stuff that matters so yep i'm gonna go with Mr. Dan Campbell. I was writing down Luke Getzi and I erased it because we did it last week. So he's on pace to become like the guy of the year now if he keeps this up. So okay. Getzi. Yeah. He's he's like the Bozo of the Year award, possibly. He's on he's on pace. He's an so early he, nominee. Yeah. <laughs> do we just kind of do that? Uh just keep yeah, a watch did, list. Wait, why did we not that he has not been named as Bozo yet this? No, no, we did we did um did, or did one of us you you might have said we won. Yeah. That probably yeah. would have been a good week week one too, but I was so focused on Dan Campbell. Um, but yeah, that's – you'd like to think that we got one man. You don't want to talk about another man's job, but the the Bozo award was named after a guy, and then he didn't last till week eight. So curious if we kind of start on this trend about – not in your favor. If yeah. it's almost – it's a kiss of death. You don't want to be <laughs> a guy who I, early in the season is talking about you and that name hand in hand because it might be – there might be another name that this award is presented by in the near future. It's not great. Not great. So we will get you the Steelers recap. We will get you the Panthers recap. uh, And then we'll figure out Thursday uh, how to get the New York Giants in there as well. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week. Tuning up for week three. Justin, any closing thoughts? Uh, Go Rutgers. Big one. I I sent a text. Not proud of it. I'm just going to say it out loud in case that it actually happens. Uh, College game day comes to Piscataway week 10 for Ohio State versus Rutgers. I think that if Rutgers competes in this game, Looking at the rest of our schedule up until then, 
there's some opportunities for the boys in Scarlet. So just getting that takeout now so that when it comes to fruition, we can look back and say somebody had it said on uh, September 18th at 7.39 p.m. Burke, take us out. Okay, I'm back in your face with the bass, bro. I stand tall, but I'm really trying to lay low. By the way, we should be paying Trump with pesos. Matter of fact, better get a side of queso. Okay, I'm pumped off the energy. I'm pumped off the focus. I'm pumped off the Hennessy. I'm speeding like a lotus. I'm praying you remember me. I'm praying that you notice. Excitement got a hold of me, and now I feel hopeless. I'm floating. I've been working on my craft. Life is like a race lately. I ain't getting past. My heart will keep the pace, then my brain will push the gas. I'm the king, there's the board to the outlet to the slash. I've been looking to the left like we going around the track. Artists on the inside and behind to catch a draft. I'm so aerodynamic, it starts a panic in the back. The wind from my bumper is sure to give you a smack. See, I don't do it for plaques and I don't do it for flash. I don't do it for attention or the fake ass laughs. I just do it for the cash to pay for booze and snacks on the side while I rhyme and account for class. That's enough of the topic, I'm leaving that in the past. Man, I don't mess with environments where I do what I'm asked. I'm living double lives. You could go compare and contrast. Boy, I've been eating so long. I think it's time that I fast. Everything on this album is a move. Except it's a mixtape, and that's my own fucking crowd right there. Let's go. I'm gonna get the whole crowd doing that shit. They gonna be going back and forth. It's gonna be going left and right like this chair that won't stop squeaking. I'm pumped off the Hennessy, I'm speeding like a lotus I'm praying you remember me, I'm praying that you notice Excitement got a hold of me and now I feel hopeless I'm floating, I've been working on my craft Life is like a race lately, I ain't getting past My heart will keep the pace and my brain will push the gas I'm the king, there's the board to the outlet to the slash I got all these visions in my head But they ain't scary, only motivates Eminem, Mike Miller mix, mine is debilitating Even though I still get that feeling like I be levitating Rapping like the carpet to Aladdin while I'm graduating Back up like Plan B, I hope you understand me I'm fancy, need brandy, the fireball is candy The cards looking handy, go ahead, give your Annie Said the winning times arrive, better put away the shandies Okay, I'm pumped off the energy, I'm pumped off the focus I'm pumped off the Hennessy, I'm speeding like a lotus I'm praying you remember me, I'm praying that you notice Excitement got a hold of me and now I feel hopeless, I'm floating.